0: Welcome to the Aquademia Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this Advocate special episode of the Aquademia Podcast, where we take ten with the responsible seafood advocate. As always, I have the editor of the Advocate with me, Jamie Wright. How's it going, Jamie? Going really good. How are you doing? Can't complain, you know? We're back. But sometimes you still do. Sometimes, I I can't complain, but sometimes I do. So, as we always do, we're going to get right into it because we got some good stuff going on in The Advocate right now. So, talk to us about what's uh, the top story this week. This is fascinating, not something I had any awareness of. Did you
1: even know there was a rabbit fish? I had
0: heard the word, but, you know, I don't know anything about them, so.
1: I, I know very little about it myself, and it's because it's not a very widely produced species or globally distributed, but... Um, I do think our readers are likely pretty familiar with the term circular economy, Mm -hmm. uh, which is to say that seafood offers many opportunities to put materials that were once trash binned into good use. So I think the most obvious example we have is aqua feeds Mm. and how feed manufacturers are not just using whole fish for their fish meal and fish oil supplies, but they're employing uh, using trimmings from seafood processing plants. I recall seeing a stat from our friends at IFO, the Marine Ingredients Organization. They said that global fish meal supplies are more than one-third from trimmings. Yeah, which is, I believe uh, that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good practice. I think it was actually over 35%. Wow. But there are countless other examples. We've seen fish waste from RAS or land-based aquaculture operations being turned into fertilizer. It also should be noted that one of the hot new fish feed ingredients, uh, black soldier fly larvae, well they're they're grown by feeding yeah, they feed the insects on organic food waste from nearby food service and retail operations so like mm-hmm. aquaculture
0: and seafood has a lot of different avenues in which to explore byproduct usage yeah we've done a number a handful of episodes too on different organizations that are trying to push towards like hundred percent utilization of the fish that's a worthy goal yeah <laughs> um
1: this week's story story puts the circular economy in a slightly different light now it's yeah, our, our correspondent, Bonnie Wacott, she just visited Japan, as I think I told you last time I was on. Yep. She was on Japanese TV while she was over there. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> she's Bonnie. Um, and she, while she was there, she was able to visit Kindai University and explore how they're envisioning rabbit fish, which is a vegetarian uh, fish species, as a circular economy solution. What, what makes this a little bit different, and perhaps more economically even, is that they're feeding the rabbit fish, you know, and this is, this is in trials, of course, but they're, they're feeding the rabbit fish uh, uneaten or unsold raw vegetables like cabbage, lettuce, broccoli, carrots, cucumbers. In most other circular economy models or applications, you know, a food waste or a byproduct often goes through a pretty dramatic transformation, some sort of process to turn that product from, into a form that works as an ingredient right, yeah. right, or, or turned into fertilizer. But here they're experimenting with skipping that step entirely. So uh, I'm not going to spoil it too much, but check out the article to see how you know a handful of Japanese companies see rabbit fish farming as a food waste solution, but also as a way to get people to embrace aquaculture a bit more. So if you're interested, if you're really interested in taking a deep dive in the circular economy, I have another link that we're putting in the show notes. Um, it'll take you to the GAIN series, G-A-I-N. It's an effort from the European Commission. These articles were provided to us by the fine folks at the University of Stirling in Scotland. They wrote about precision aquaculture, sustainable feeds, novel feed formulations, circular economy and principles, et cetera. So I would check that out too.
0: Nice. And if nothing else, learn about rabbit fish because I'm sure there's more people out there that haven't ever heard of it. So um, awesome. What do we got coming up on deck in the next couple of weeks?
1: Well, uh, next week, we're going to have a story about uh, RAS, recirculating aquaculture systems. Uh, Everybody loves those. (laughs) We're living in a RAS world right now, Sean. Uh, (laughs) um, So for the uninitiated, the folks who might not know, RAS stands for recirculating aquaculture system. And if you're following our news feed, you'll see several RAS stories lately, notably just today. I published two news stories on the site about RAS in Maine, my home state. Oh, nice. So the first was from Kingfish, Maine. They're uh, owned by the Kingfish company in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just harvested a limited run of their Dutch yellowtail that they grew at a facility connected with the University of Maine, up in Franklin, Maine, using their own tech. And, and, but they're distributing the fish right now to, uh, I'm sure, some pretty eager restaurants on the U.S. East Coast. Uh, coast. Dutch Yellowtail is a uh, sushi grade amberjack species, mm-hmm. uh, similar to Hiramasa. That might be a more recognizable name. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice product and they have a great team up there in Maine. And the and just this afternoon, uh, we broke the story about American Unagi's RAS facility uh, in Wildeboro, which was actually compi- completed in January, but they're just coming out with the news now. Uh, American Unagi, this is a really interesting company. A, uh, they're the only commercial eel farm in the States. And they have this, now they have a shiny brand new building that houses their grow out and processing operations. You really owe it to yourself to try some smoked eel from American oh, yeah. Unagi. It's a great product. They have a really great story. And, you know, and a lot of people might not realize that eel is a main seafood product, but it, but it is.
0: Yeah. And uh, American Unagi is going to be a guest on Aquademia in the next few weeks. So make sure you look for that episode when that comes out as well. But check out this article when it's uh, when it's published. Yeah,
1: I knew that. I wanted to tease it. Yeah, it gets I know. We're getting people
0: excited, <laughs> you know? Well, this is all a bit of a run-up for next week's story. And uh,
1: we'll have another story. But this is RAS and shrimp production. So everyone's favorite amigo, advocate editor, emeritus, Daryl Jory. He actually visited the Homegrown Shrimp USA Grand Opening in Florida just recently. So we'll have some comments, photos, and a write-up about that company and its milestone just uh, headline. It's, it's Homegrown Shrimp is Owned by CP Foods and uh, you know it's led by Robbins McIntosh who's considered one of the world mm-hmm. uh, leaders in shrimp farming. Yep. So many RIS, RIS projects in the works and you know a number of them have hit some obstacles on their way to commercialization slash reality but you know it's really nice to see some of these reaching completion you know breaking that tape at the end of the race. Now they're able to just focus on Producing good fit.
0: Yeah, it's starting to feel like that uh, financial feasibility is a little bit more in reach for a lot of these than it used to be. Yeah, in the you last need examples. Five to ten years. Any
1: know. any new emerging industry needs like success stories. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, you want to pop in the machine? The, I always want to pop in the, the machine. The time, the time machine, the way back machine. This week, I, I'm not really going to point out a story. I'm just want to give a shout out to uh, one of the OG Advocate contributors, and that's Dr. Claude E. Boyd, PhD. I'm sure you know there's a lot of our uh, your listeners and my readers that don't really need an introduction to Dr. Boyd, but um, for the uninitiated, uh, Dr. Boyd is a quote unquote retired <laughs> professor who spent the bulk of his career at Auburn University in Alabama. Uh, he's now more focused on some larger projects with a more varied list of contributors, like Aaron McNevin at the World Wildlife Fund for Nature. Interesting to maybe nobody but me, but <laughs> late last year. We published the two hundred and fiftieth article with his byline on it. Now, admittedly this includes some Spanish translations and a lot of the older articles from the print days, but those Spanish those Spanish translations are very impactful articles and you know the Yeah, they're, those they're, get a lot of
0: lot of traffic. They, they do, this, especially
1: yeah. if they have anything to do with shrimp because of of right. the industry down in South America. Mm-hmm. So, you know, each Claude Boyd article I never was a student of his, uh, but each Claude Boyd article, I imagine, is just like one of his lectures, but just you know, without that super heavy Southern accent. (laughs) (laughs) You could read it with that in your mind. You could, you could. And sometimes I do. (laughs) Um, They're very educational. I've actually learned a lot just from editing those over the years. Uh, fun fact, Dr. Boyd still writes all his articles with pen and paper. Of course he does. He's super old school. <laughs> because of course he does. Sends them to his assistant, who then sends them to us. And for all that would seemingly go wrong with such an analog process, <laughs> there's hardly any editing work for me and Daryl oh, wow. to do. He writes some really clean copy. Nice. His expertise is water quality. Everyone in aquaculture knows that without good water quality, you won't have good fish. I'd say this is a recommended reading for anyone who's on the production end of the business. But honestly, I don't know if there's anyone truly in the world who's in aquaculture production that doesn't already know that name. So right, yeah.
0: I uh, just want to use this space to say thanks to Dr. Boyd and to all of our generous contributors. Fantastic. Well, remember, we always put links to all of the articles and stuff that we talk about right in the show notes so you can read any of these articles. And um, once these ones that are upcoming in the next couple of weeks yep. will be out, make sure that you're following us on social media or you check back at the Advocate regularly to make sure that you don't miss those articles.
1: Yeah, so the link for Dr. Boyd though, that's his portfolio link. So if you click on that, you can see everything he's ever it's done. A yeah, ra- rabbit, it's a it's rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's a rabbit hole.
0: Awesome. Jamie, anything else you want to get that, out there before we wrap up? That's it. I'm feeling good. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks, Sean.